Well, hey, Heritage. I want to welcome everybody across our network, our family in Bettendorf, the Manikiwani, those tuning in online, and again, everyone here at Rock Island. As one church in multiple locations, through the blessing of technology, we get to meet in different times and spaces, but still function as one church. And I'm glad you're specifically here joining in today. This is week two of a series we're calling Amen. And we're just exploring a few prayers in Scripture to understand the hope and power that comes from connecting with God through prayer. And I can think of no better way to start a series centered around prayer than to engage in prayer and worship, which is exactly what we did last week. And it was powerful, a powerful gathering across our network. See, the prayer is this thing where we can do it anytime, anywhere, about anything. We can pray anytime, anywhere, about anything. But, but many people struggle in prayer. It, prayer can feel mysterious. It can feel elusive. But trouble connecting to God in prayer is not a problem with God. It's a problem with us. It's something within us, our lack of understanding, the, not, our inability to steward it, not knowing how to engage in prayer, not knowing how his power is brought to bear through prayer, how, not even knowing what to ask or how to ask. Even we can ask wrong things that actually create more trouble or, or things that create more complexity in our lives. It kind of reminds me of the story of a hiker. He was out in the woods and as he was just cruising along, he came across a bear. But this particular bear was hungry and angry, which makes him what? Hangry. That's right. Hungry and angry is hangry. And so in this moment, this bear stands up on all fours and he starts menacing and growling at this hiker. He's clearly going to charge and have this dude for lunch. Well, immediately the hiker just instinctively in a, in a panic turns around and runs. But you know you cannot run a bear. But he just does it anyway. He starts running as fast as he can. And as he's running, he's looking back and he sees the bear is coming and the bear is closing the gap. But he's running as fast as he can until he gets to the edge of a cliff and he has nowhere to go. He's out of options. But he's a Christian and he realizes he can turn in prayer. So he falls to, to the ground and he cries out to God and he prays. He actually prays that God would make this bear a Christian. He said, dear Lord, please make this bear a good Christian bear in the hopes that it would like stem off the attack. Well, wouldn't you know in that moment the bear stops and the bear falls to his knees and then he, then he folds his paws in the posture of prayer. It's a miracle. And the dude's like, thank you, God. It's a miracle. But the miracle wasn't over because the bear actually then speaks. He begins to pray. And this is what the bear prayed. Thank you, Lord, for this meal I'm about to receive. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when we don't know how to steward prayer, we can maybe pray something that gets us into more trouble because we're not understanding how we engage in prayer and how we engage the power of God through prayer. Now listen, I know that's not plausible. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's unrealistic, that whole story, simply because we know bears don't have knees where they can drop down and fold their hands together in prayer. They would have to go like this. They can't go like this. So that right there makes the whole thing unrealistic. And that's all. No, I'm kidding. Listen, we can pray anytime, anywhere about anything. But we can struggle even with that access. We don't understand how to connect with God in a way where we experience hope and power through prayer. We can pray anytime, anywhere. We have the ability. 
But just being able doesn't actually mean we have a lifestyle of prayer. It doesn't mean we have a prayer life. See, being able to pray is not the same as having a prayer life. Now, when you came in today at our Rock Island and Bettendorf campuses, hopefully you received a, a worship folder that looks like this and a, and a sermon note guide. I encourage you to take time to, to, to read through the worship folder and find out what's going on in our church family and how you can engage in specific ways of connecting and living love, linked and sent. And, but on top of that is this note guide. And this is something we provide every week because it's designed to be a tool to help us study God's word, for, for us to write down what God's saying so we can then take that into time later with God and process it even further in more conversation with him. And I encourage you to use this. I encourage you to use it as a tool today. And there's a number of fill-ins on it. And the first two fill-ins are reflected here in this particular statement. Being able to pray is not the same as having a prayer life. It's, it's true for humans. It's, it's probably true for bears. <laughs> But the ability to pray is not the same as having a prayer life. The, the option, the avenue, the, the access, the, the need to pray doesn't actually mean we're doing it. Being able is not the same as actually doing it. Maybe you can think about it this way. Here's a picture of me with my parents. Um, it's my mom and dad there, and, and this is taken a few years ago. It was actually taken in, a, in the tech room up here at the Rock Island campus uh, just a few months before my mom passed. Um, and, and my dad over here, he doesn't live in the Quad Cities, so if I want to connect with him, I have to find other ways than just meeting up in person. In fact, I can take my phone and I can call him. I have the ability uh, to, to reach out and call him because I have his number. I know how to use this phone. He, he may even be waiting and wanting me, waiting for me to reach out to him, but just because I have the ability doesn't mean I'm actually engaging in that connection. We can be able, but still not take advantage of it. And in a very similar way, we have before us the greatest privilege on earth. We can access the divine. We can speak with our Heavenly Father. But just being able, just having the ability, the skill, or the option is not the same as actually doing it. It doesn't equal a lifestyle of prayer. We can all access God through prayer, by his love. He allows us to access, but most people don't do it because they don't know how. They're not sure what the steps are. They don't understand how to engage God through prayer and how, what that means in his power transferring into our life. They end up not stepping into it. But listen, again, this, any struggle to connect with God through prayer is not a problem with him. It's a problem with us. And this conversation today and the rest of the Amen series is designed to help us overcome some of those obstacles that keep us from understanding the power and hope that, com that comes from connecting with God through prayer. And I'm excited to see how God moves as we continue to lean into it. It was last week, uh, we, we spent a significant part of our time last week in worship and prayer centering around the Lord's Prayer, which is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him to teach them to pray. In fact, in Luke's account, it says that Jesus was praying in a certain place, and, and, they, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, what's amazing about that request, it's, it's the most profound request that we could make, and it's one we should be making. Lord, teach us to talk to you. That's deeply profound. That, that should be something that we ask of God. Teach us to talk with you. 
It's what the disciples were doing in that moment, and it reflected humility, it reflected submission, it reflects faith, it reflected pursuit. And the reality is that that Jesus actually does. He, He teaches them in that moment, and that's a really good thing because it is not possible to live the life of a disciple of Jesus apart from prayer. Prayer is essential to it. And the disciples had had walked with Jesus. They saw his prayer life, and they saw the importance, and they wanted that, so they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And what Jesus gave them was not just intended to be something to simply be copied or recited. It can be. It's a great starting point to engage in prayer, and it's actually something we, we should revisit once in a while. Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be your name. It's it's a powerful prayer that we should engage in, but it wasn't intended to be prescriptive as just check the blocks of these words and that's all that is because prayer is actually intended to be relational. It's not intended to be prescriptive. It's supposed to be an exchange, an interaction, not just a transaction one way. It's to be relational. Because prayer begins and ends with knowing. Prayer begins and ends with knowing. Not simply knowing how, but knowing Him. (laughs) Knowing Him, knowing God. Effective prayer is not about knowing how, but knowing the who we pray to. I could take this same phone and dial some random number and contact a stranger. I could connect with a stranger, but the conversation I would have with that stranger would be dramatically different than the conversation I'd have with my dad. Because I know him and he knows me. And prayer begins and ends with knowing our Heavenly Father. And, And prayer becomes this privilege of having intimate relationship with God. And it is the greatest privilege we have on earth. And our, that, engaging in that privilege deepens that relationship. It's the key to being and doing anything and everything we're to be and do in life. And the purest expression of prayer is where we sit in a posture where we give all that we are to him, to all that we know of him, and we acknowledge our complete dependence on him. And in that space, he begins to interact with us and the relationship begins to change because prayer begins and ends with knowing. It's in relationship. Now, right now, we may know about God, may know something about God, but none of us fully know him. Whatever it is you think you know about God, I'm going to tell you, it's not all that there is to know about him. There is more. It's especially true if there is no desire or draw within you to know him more. Because knowing God makes us curious to know more of God. When we have a a knowledge of who God is, it, it makes us curious and hungry for more, to know him more. It it drives us to know him. It drives us to prayer. Knowing God makes us curious to know more of God. If it doesn't, then we actually don't know him. Knowing him drives us to know more. Prayer begins and ends with knowing. It's one of the reasons why Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, these words, and it's just up here on the screen. He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, 
becoming like him in his death. I want to know Christ. Prayer begins and ends with knowing God. And prayer devoid of knowing him is not true prayer at all. It begins and ends with knowing. Even God himself says in in Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. He's saying, pray and know me. He's saying, listen and learn. He's saying, engage and experience. Be, Be with me and receive from me. Be still and know that I am God. Prayer is an avenue to know him, to know his love, and to experience his power in our lives. Yet often, many of us look at prayer only as a means of getting. And we miss the point. It was an author and theologian, Oswald Chambers, who captures this struggle that we have. He said this, We look upon prayer simply as a means of getting things for ourselves. But the biblical purpose of prayer is that we may get to know God himself. That we would get to know God himself. That's good push and good truth. He would also go on to say that we we go so far as to slander God in our eagerness to work for him and we don't ever really know him. That takes us back to our Off to the Races series where we said that, that Jesus prioritizes being with over us doing for. (laughs) Prayer begins and ends with knowing. And that's really important to understand because prayer is not intended to be transactional or one way where we ask and he gives. And it's just some kind of transaction of exchange. It's designed to be relational. It's designed to be interactional. But many of us struggle in the idea that we're just asking God, hoping he hears and hoping he does something. But that's not the intent. Sometimes I think... Some of us look at it as if we're like writing an order. We're like placing an order with God. And we're like, okay, uh, dear God, uh, I pray that you would blah, 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 blah. We write that prayer or make that prayer and then we, we take it and we, and we throw it as hard as we can up to heaven hoping that it sticks. <laughs> Man, I hope he heard that one. I hope he does something with that one. I'd better ask another one. I could say, dear God, I feel a little bit like Jimmy Fallon doing thank you notes. Dear God, thank you very much for loving me, and please make this bear a Christian. And we take it, and we whip it up there like, oh, please, please, hear that. Do something, please. But that's not, that's not how it works. That's not the design. It's not to be transactional. We're like one way asking, and he's sometimes doing something. It's to be relational. He's not far away. He's here. Anytime you pray, he hears. Anytime you write a prayer, he sees. And hear me, I'm not challenging writing prayers. I encourage you to write prayers. That's really healthy. To like be intentional in writing a prayer to God and then to go back and see how he answers, that's beautiful. I encourage you to do that. You just don't have to crumple it up and throw it. He's, he's here. He's with. And like, we go like, dear God, would you, well, would you please be with me? Listen, I think that's got to be one of the most frustrating things for God to hear from us. Because he has already promised to never leave us or forsake us, to be with us always to the very end of the age. And when we pray, we don't have to throw because he's with, he hears, 
he sees. The beginning and end of prayer is in the knowing, in the relationship. Look, Jesus wasn't the only person to model and teach prayer. Uh, Paul uh, repeatedly wrote and, and put his prayers in his letters. And I want to jump to one of those and look at it. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. The scriptures are in your note guide. They're also going to be on the screen. And, and we're, we're, we're picking up in this letter. It was, it was a letter written to Christians in a place called Ephesus. And we're picking this up in the very beginning at, at verse 15 of, of chapter 1. And this is what Paul wrote in this space. He said, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Listen, prayer is not just about us. There is great value and importance to be, be praying for those around us, praying for those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what Paul's doing. He goes on to say, after that, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's where it gets good. So that you may, what's that word right there? Oh, come on now. No. That you would know him better. Prayer begins and ends with knowing. Know him better. Know him. If we don't know him, it's not true prayer. Listen, the same, this, is this guy, Paul, he wrote this. It's the same guy who wrote, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing and his suffering. Same dude wrote these same words. Prayer begins and ends with knowing, knowing God. It's relational. It's interaction. It's, it's not transaction. He goes on to say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He's identifying hope and power in prayer. Hope and power. Prayer is, is an essential part of experiencing hope and power in this life as we know God. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen, if this doesn't get you stirred up and fired up to understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you today, you're not catching the truth of this. The power that is available to us is the same power that raised Jesus from the ground that first Easter. That's phenomenal. That's spectacular. Prayer can bring resurrection power to bear in your life. Things that are dead in your life right now, things you see no hope for, no redemption, no reconciliation, no path forward, can actually be restored, redeemed, and made whole. The same resurrection power. It's through prayer. Prayer is not intended to be transactional. It's intended to be interactional. Us with him more than us going and doing for. And the reality is, without knowing him, it's not true prayer. Because it begins and ends with knowing. And if you want a better prayer life, then do everything possible to get to know him. Everything possible to know him. If you will strive to know God, you will strive to live in a relationship with Jesus, the prayer life you desire and the prayer life you need to see the power of God at work in your life will automatically come behind. 
Because knowing God makes us curious to know more of God, and it's in the knowing, it's in the knowing that prayer becomes what it should be. If you want a better prayer life, do everything possible to get to know God. Now, the next three fill-ins in your note guide actually become some handholds to that, and, and some of them you may look at. For some of you, it may be like they're no-brainers. And, but and some of you might be new information. If it's new, great. If it's a, if it's a no-brainer, no-da moment, listen. My invitation for you is that you take your understanding of the principle and that you risk and that you go deeper in your knowledge and application of that truth you currently understand because there is more to understand. Just like love. Whatever you understand about love today, there's more to learn about love. Whatever you understand about forgiveness today, there is more to understand about forgiveness. And whatever you understand about prayer, which is really ultimately about knowing God, there is more. And I invite you as you walk through these next few concepts to lean in and risk to go deeper with God so that you will know him more and experience his power more. So here's the first one. The reality is simply, blank is more impactful than knowing how to pray. Blank is more impactful than knowing how to pray. Now, I don't normally give you the blank and ask you to fill it in. I do know some of you try to figure it out ahead of time every week. Like, I know what that one's going to be. Some of you turn to the back and read the questions. Like, oh, I got one of them there. Like, that's how you work. I get how you work. I know that. It's okay. It's not a problem. There's no grade in this. I don't care. But I don't normally give you the blank and ask you to fill it. But if you're reading that, blank is more impactful than knowing how to pray. I bet some of you are thinking the fill-in is the word nothing. That nothing is more impactful than knowing how to pray. And that may sound good. It may sound true. But it's only true in part. It's not true in whole. Nothing is more impactful than knowing how to pray. That's not true. Now, some of you are getting upset. Some of you prayer warriors are like, come on. No, no, I, that is true, Sean. And you're thinking I'm diminishing the value of knowing how to pray. I'm not. Hang with me for a second. Knowing how to do something is not impactful as actually doing it. Having the head knowledge, not that big of a deal compared to actually doing it. Look, <clears throat> knowing how to eat for us as humans, it's important, right? Actually eating, more important. Amen? Yeah, it is. Now, we can learn to eat better. I get that. But eating is more important than knowing how to eat. And sometimes I think we look at prayer and say, well, I'm not going to engage until I have full understanding. I need to know it better so that we're actually engaged. That's, that's silly. Don't do that. That's not how it works. Just engage. Sometimes it's like couples going, you know what? We're going to have kids when we're ready. <laughs> when we're going to be perfect parents. Guess what? Unrealistic, not going to happen. <laughs> Just do whatever God's asking you to do. When you have kids, save money on the side to pay for their initial counseling. You'll be all right down the road. <laughs> okay, don't do that. <laughs> Listen, well, let, me, let me move it here. Walking. If we, wait, if we wait to walk until we learn to walk, that's silly. Right? you got to get out there and try. And, and just as parents are so pleased and happy to see their children take their first steps, even if they stumble, so our Heavenly Father is pleased to see us risk in prayer with Him out of what we currently know. It's not about perfection. It's not about prescription. It's about relationship. It's not the transaction. It's the interaction. Some of you are still like, no, Sean, but I've got to understand how to pray before we can pray. No, you don't. You were created. You were created for communication with God interaction. It's innately in you. Yes, you will get better as you learn, just like you get better at walking and then running. You get better as you learn and study to, to go deeper in prayer. It gets more smooth, less, less fuzzy. It gets more powerful. As you get to know him, it gets better and better and better. But something is better than nothing. Quit waiting 
just get in there and start interacting with the Heavenly Father so you can experience who He is and begin to experience His power. Don't wait until you have it all figured out. So this, this feeling is not nothing. This feeling is praying is more impactful than knowing how to pray. Praying. Just, just get in there. Actually praying is more important than knowing how to pray. You may go, like, no, duh. I get that. Listen, <laughs> knowing how to do lots of stuff is less impactful than actually doing it. I get that. But here's what I want you to understand. Our goal shouldn't be to learn how to pray. Our goal should be to pray. If our goal is simply to learn how to pray rather than pray, we miss the point. By all means, learn, grow, but do it. Just, just get in there. Get in conversation with God. Begin to lean in. When Jesus taught his disciples that prayer, he prefaced it. He said, look, when you pray, which has a clear expectation that they would. It wasn't like, hey, figure it out and then pray. He's like, no, when you pray, do it like this. And again, not prescriptive, but an example of exchange and relationship in that dynamic with God. It implied that expectation, not for perfection, not prescription or prescriptive, but it was about relationship. It's about pursuit. It's, it's about leaning in. It's about being with. Even Paul emphasized the importance of being faithful in prayer in Romans 12. He said this, he said, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Now, on first glance, you go like, hope, suffering, and prayer? That's like a weird, odd combination. But quite honestly, if you've walked life on this earth for any period of time, that makes complete sense. <laughs> Having hope and suffering through prayer. I get that. Look, our, our greatest struggle is not learning a specific technique or method in prayer. Our great need is to pray, and then to pray more, and more, and more, and more, and go deeper, and deeper, and deeper, and know the I am. Know God. Be willing to sit in stillness. Be willing to persevere and persist in prayer. Be willing to wait and be faithful and be expectant and active and in an ongoing exchange and relationship. Praying is more impactful than knowing how to pray. Which leads us to the next reality I want to put before you, that faith expressed in prayer is a powerful thing. Faith expressed in prayer is a powerful thing. It mobilizes and moves God. Prayer itself is an expression of faith. It's an expression of belief, an expression of trust in the one who has the power. Even, even James, the brother of Jesus, said this in his writing. He said, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There is powerful realities and effective realities that come through a, a righteous person engaging in prayer and being persistent in that prayer and demonstrating faith. Faith expressed in prayer is a powerful thing. Because it moves and mobilizes God. So here's the thing about this. Listen, God is not moved by our need. He is moved by our faith. God, man, he is touched by our need. He cares. He weeps with us when we weep. But he responds to our faith. He's not simply mobilized by our need or even our tears. He's moved by our faith. Faith expressed in prayer is powerful because it mobilizes the power of God. Our, our amen series title, amen, the word amen. 
One simple translation of that word is so be it. And amen is not a magical word. It's not the source of power, but it is an expression of faith. And it mobilizes the power of God. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we pray and say, oh man, so be it. There's a faith expression of, of God, please step in. God, your will be done, not mine. There is a, a mobilization of God's power. But that only comes because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. Only in the authority of Jesus' name is power available. It's not available any other way. It's only in the authority of Jesus' name. Check out what Paul writes in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. He said, in him, he's talking about Jesus, in Jesus and through faith in Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We can approach him with freedom and confidence. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, you can turn to God in prayer and through Jesus, by the authority of his name, you can have access to power in your life, resurrection power in your life. And you can have hope. That actually takes us to the third truth, that we can ask in prayer. We get to ask in prayer. Anything, anytime, anywhere, we get to ask in prayer. And Scripture is filled with a lot of examples of people who asked in prayer. And it even records our invitation, the invitation you and I have to ask in prayer. It's in Scripture. We can ask in prayer. But listen, because, it's because we have access by prayer. We can ask in prayer because we have access by prayer. Prayer is a means of asking because it is first a means of access. Prayer is first a means of access, not asking. It's about connecting. It's about relating. It's presence over provision. Prayer gives power to ask because it gives power to approach. It gives power to access. It gives the access. So we don't actually have to write it and throw it and hope it gets there. We can ask in prayer because we have access by prayer. It's power to ask because it's first the means to access. Access in prayer through Jesus. Through Jesus. Think about, think about that reality this way. Prayer gives us the power to ask God because it gives us access to the power of God. And that's why it's the greatest privilege on earth. You know, many people, when it comes to, to prayer and, and approaching God, they think that they have to ask in order to have access. That's not how it works. We can ask in prayer because we have access by prayer. Prayer is access to ask. We can approach the divine. We can have conversation with the holy, of ho the, the, the holy king of everything. But, but full access only comes through Jesus. When we receive Jesus as Savior, we give him authority in our lives, he gives us access so that we can ask. And that access is, is access to the power of God. Jesus gives us access to ask and, and experience the power of God. This is what God wants for us. This is available to all of us, and anyone who receives Jesus as Savior not only has access, but they can ask whatever they want, and it's the power of God that's brought to bear into that request. Now here's the thing. Because of God's great love, he actually gives access to everyone. But it's limited. And it's not access to the full power. He loves. 
So you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus yet. He still loves you enough where you can access through prayer, but you don't have the ability to ask for the things that he actually wants to give you. Jesus gives the access to ask for the power of God to be brought to bear in our life. Without Jesus, we're limited in what we can ask. But the love of God gives us a space by which we can even lean into it. Let's take a look at what Paul went on to write just two verses after that chapter 3, verse 12 statement. He said, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When we, when we sit in relationship with God through Jesus, that's where hope, that's where power, that's where access is given. He continues on, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to know, to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He's talking about grasping something we can't understand. It's this weird, beautiful tension. But to be able to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Yes, Lord, please. Do that in me. Do that in us. May we experience that as your people. See, our access is through Jesus. Full access is only through him. Only in the authority of Jesus' name is that power available. We can ask in prayer because we have access by prayer, but it's limited if it's without Jesus. So what? Like, what do we do with the conversation? How do we now live out of this? Well, I told you, prayer begins and ends with knowing. Knowing God knowing our need, knowing our dependence on him. And, and prayer can feel elusive at times, but listen, any difficulty or trouble connecting to God in prayer is not trouble with him. It's trouble with us. It's something that needs to change in us. We're the ones who walk away. We're the ones who get in the way. We're the ones who struggle to steward the moments where we can be praying. And we're going to dig deeper into these realities as we continue in the, in the Amen series. But I want you to understand, we're creating space even now as a church family to, to invite Deeper engagement in prayer in lots of ways. If you were to look in your worship folder, you're going to see an opportunity coming up on October 29th called Not Too Busy to Pray. It's a specific class available at our Rock Island and Bettendorf campuses to lean in and begin to engage in prayer at another level, to, to create space to know him. Beyond that, that same day, October 29th in the afternoon, is when we're gathering at the former Kone facility for worship and prayer in that space. I told you we wouldn't be engaging in ministry out of that space until we engaged in prayer. And we've been in a, we're right now in a seven-week journey of praying along the levee and praying on behalf of our cities, seeking their peace and prosperity. It's been beautiful. It's been powerful. We're doing that for seven weeks, and it's going to culminate on the 29th after our regular services. We're still worshiping in our regular times that weekend. But Sunday afternoon, in specific moments by campus, engaging in worship and prayer in that space. It's going to be beautiful. You don't want to miss it. But our ability to ask is connected and rooted in the access that we have. So let me leave us with just one final question. Where does your asking not align with your access? Where does your particular asking today not align with the access that you have? We can ask anytime, anywhere, anything, 
but our ability to ask is rooted in our access by knowing. So if we come back over to this reality here, where is your asking not aligned with your access? Where are you asking big of God, but you're not positioned with the access to do it? For some of you, you're not living in relationship with God, so your ability to access things here and ask big of God is preempted, and you think he's just not listening, and you think he doesn't care, but the reality is you don't have the access to make the ask you're asking. And you're, so it's not aligned to your asking. Maybe, I realize for some of us here today, we have access through Jesus. We have access to the divine, the power of God, the resurrection power of Jesus, and we're not asking big, we're asking small. And so our asking is not aligned to access. Where are you asking small when you should be asking big? Where are you asking big when you don't even have the access to ask that large? Where do you need to align and engage in prayer in a new way? For those of you who don't have this, you can change that today. You can have a conversation right now in your seat where you ask Jesus to be Savior and Lord, and you immediately have access to ask and receive the power, that resurrection power manifest in your life. In your note guide are, are some instructions for that in the prayer, and you can pray that right now, right where you're at. And I encourage you to lean hard into that opportunity. But for all of us, where are we not aligned in access and asking? Where are we asking poorly? Where are we asking selfishly, not according to his kingdom? Where are we asking for a bear to be made a Christian? <laughs> and where is our access out of alignment? Where we have access, but we're not talking to God. We're not asking him anything. We're not taking advantage of the access we have or, or we're only using the access in crisis when we reach a cliff and we have no other options. And we throw something to heaven hoping that it sticks. Where is your asking not aligned with your access? Because until you can recalibrate it and live on this side of the chart, you will not be able to experience the full power of God at work in your life that he wants to impart to you. But all it takes is positioning and relationship and knowing, and sitting in pray, places of prayer for God to do a new thing. And you can do that today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that even in the midst of complexity in this life, you are still patient with us, slow to anger, abounding in love. I thank you that because of your love, you sent Jesus, and because of Jesus, we not only have access a little bit, we actually have access to full. We can experience you. We can, we can experience your power at work in our lives because of who Jesus is. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to live into that. I pray for those that are thinking about making that decision from moving from the right side of that chart to the left side. God, right now, would you speak to their hearts and may they step into relationship. For those of us that have access but maybe have been asking small and we should have been asking big, God, forgive us, but I pray that you right now would help us to know how to ask of you and how to wait on you, and how to receive power, and how to live by faith, Lord, and where you move, because you, faith, Lord, faith moves you. You respond. So help us to live that way. But in all of it, Lord, may you help us keep our, our access and our asking aligned. That we would live as your people, experiencing your power, and seeing your glory, and seeing your purpose. I can't wait to see what you do in response to our willingness to sit and submit ourselves to you, and to ask. So, Lord, I pray these things in the name of your Son and our Savior, in the name of Jesus. And I do so expectantly, waiting for you to move. And all God's people said, amen.